0: Hello, and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world, featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now.
1: I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. Right on
0: cue. You heard it perfectly, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was this uh, sound suppression that was in Zoom that uh, seemingly, when even if I had it on low sound, su- uh, uh, medium sound suppression or auto, no good. So I had it to, like there's no way to turn it off either. Well, it
1: what's on- interesting is that a lot it you, it just took the vocal out and I dropped the right. background sound, and it's which was part of. I just think that the fact that it could even do something like that's pretty phenomenal
0: I tested it tonight like 10 times I played it and watched the levels and watched the little green microphone and every time it was on auto right it was green 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 at the end nothing zero blank yeah isn't that weird well this could take the
1: music out you could you could take the somebody's vocal out of a, of a music track I know it's weird very weird be kind of interesting Yep. Well, well we, I just want to say, uh, yeah, yeah, well, we we, have to oh, sorry, to date, sorry,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm out of queue, I'm out of, I'm out of sequence. <laughs> so,
1: uh, it's August 30th, this is our bonus episode for the month of August uh, 2022.
0: And the markets are starting to fall apart, I guess, at the end here, after yeah. uh, after last week's Powell discussion. So, we had the worst day in the months on Monday, down 4% on the NASDAQ, 36 on the S&P 500, Uh, 700 points on the Dow. We saw a follow through today again. It looked like it was going to be a better day, but no, it opened up and then quickly everybody started selling once again. And it wasn't terrible, but down 1%. So we're talking about 5% down. Yeah. This week already. And it's Tuesday. And it's Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tuesday. Well, as luckily
1: as a holiday coming up, so that'll help a little.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about what else is going on. Why did this happen? Well, uh, Fed Chairman Powell invokes Gol- uh, Volker, Paul Volker, and he says there's pain ahead. And we're going to talk about that. What he what he said and and, and what does that mean? Uh, we did also get a new signature on a legislation that may or may not go and maybe challenge about ten thousand dollars that's wiped off your student debt. So, kind of. Hmm. Questionable. We had a problem with our RSS feed last week. Something was not right with DH unplugged, so I had to keep on pushing the show on the feed. <laughs> so I apologize for anybody that's received the show five times in the various uh. podcast apps. Uh, went to the podfather himself, Adam Curry, which you can listen to Adam Curry, of course, and John C. Dvorak on Thursdays and Sundays. No Agenda, one of the best shows out there. Um, deconstructing the news and making sense out of things. Uh, on the... Um, uh, live on no agenda stream or just look it up. You'll find it, but two o'clock uh, in the afternoon on Thursdays and on Sundays. But I talked with Adam at length. We had a long conversation and you know, what's great about Adam is when, when you get involved in something that he's interested in, he gets deep. He goes, he goes deep.
1: So well, anything so- involving uh, podcasting and RSS feeds and anything modern, uh, he's jacked up about. So yeah, he-
0: so we had this conversation like, last he night. He doesn't like
1: failure. He doesn't no, like no. things not working.
0: No, he does not. And we spent some time on the phone last night, and he got in deep, and then he was texting me, and we're going back and forth, and we're getting emails back and forth, and we're getting this guy involved, we're getting that guy involved, and there's just all sorts of flow going, which is great, by the way. But but I was-, I was Yeah, super, if you're you. Yeah, well, right.
1: What about the average poor podcaster that doesn't have access to Adam Curry?
0: And it gets better because- um, Today, I was trying to contact a podcasting service, thinking I may move some of the podcast files to another server. And they write me back, big company. Uh, we do not do any phone calls. And, um, you know, we only have voice uh, 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 email support. And I wrote back, non starter. Uh, if this is what it's going to be, can't do it. Just to let you know, Adam Curry, good friend of mine for many, many years, asked me to call you directly and find out, and you know what? Five minutes later, the co founder of the company called me.
1: Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting how that works.
0: Well, you know how that works. That, that's, that's, that's not just this, that's anything it's big <laughs> yeah. drop a name. So um, anyway, again, uh, uh, I apologize for anybody that got overloaded. We'll see what happens tonight. I think i fixed the problem so far, but it was wacko. And if you know anything about RSS feeds, what, would should, what, what should happen is, Anything that you put on your site should automatically, immediately, without delay, nothing, show up in an RSS feed. It's very simple, right? Really simple syndication. It is basically a, a mirror uh, of just text and XML version of your site. So I put something up on the site, and it doesn't show up in the RSS feed. And I'm like, that's impossible. You know what I mean, John? It's like it, it, that doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's like I hand you a pen, and, and I say, where's the pen? You're like, it's not here. I'm like, what? I just gave you the pen. Well, no, you didn't. Okay. (laughs) It it, it doesn't work. Anyway, we have a new uh, Close to the Pin going on this evening. And we have uh, hot inflation in the baseball card market.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah. Big, big numbers. Big,
1: big numbers. Big, big, huge numbers for these cards. Do you
0: have any cards at all? I do. I don't
1: know where they are, but I've got a couple of good ones. They're in the closet. They're clearly in the closet. Well, I know. No, they're probably in the basement. Uh, Don Drysdale, old Don Drysdale, wow. card, oh, early old one, and some of these other ones. Yeah. Well, that's what you want. And, but I don't know where the hell they are.
0: I have uh, a lot of the Mets, the old Mets. I have like, um, Felix beyond Tom Seaver. Oh. Uh, and don't uh, you
1: have to pay to get rid Gary of, some of those? Hodges? Uh, Don Seaver might be worth something. Who
0: was the guy that uh, used to, I
1: don't know if to- I wonder, I've got like the, the original rookie Mickey Mantle card. Is that, you think that's worth anything? I would think
0: it is, yes. (laughs) I would think it is. I wish. uh, But do you, oh, you don't have it. I I don't think mine are, I had boxes of baseball cards. I used to flip cards and all that and color match and do these great games. And my sister one day got mad at me and she just threw all my cards. I had them in a shoebox all over the streets. That was the end of that. And then um, I have this one is,
1: this is wait, this is your skeptical this Sharon?
0: Yeah, this is Sharon. Sharon did that to me. Yes. That's terrible. Well, it was years. She, ago. Has she apologized. She has not yet. This is now going oh. on 40, 50 years, 40 years. 40
1: Well, no, I've had nothing but the highest regard and, and respect for Sharon until this story. Yeah,
0: this went down, went right down. So uh, I have one box, not even a box, I have like this, I don't know what it would be, just a plastic case that they're all in for years sitting in a drawer. So hopefully one day I'll I'll figure out this. There's a baseball card place around here. I'm sure I'll get ripped off. Now's the time. Yeah, definitely. So um, we have a big problem in the markets. We have a hot mess because nobody knows what the hell to do because everybody was all excited about the thought that, Ooh, last month Powell said something about, uh, you know, we're going to let the data speak. And the data has been a little bit more generous in terms of slowing down on inflation and, you know, uh then everybody started walking that back. And all of a sudden Powell comes out with the big kapow. Europe is poised for more problems with Russian oil. The ECB is next to start raising rates. They're talking about a 75 basis point move. Everybody's all hot. Um we have some some important technicals that broke today. They were on the cusp of, of yesterday. They kind of fell through today. Um and 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 um, you know, just I don't know. It's, it's 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 just very confusing, very confusing for a lot of people right now, because there is uh, there's some good numbers we saw out of earnings, some questionable outlook for many companies. And yet at the same time, supply chain things are getting better and costs are getting a little bit a little bit better. But I think that the, the reality has struck when uh, all these doves have come out. So right now, big problems. Uh, before we get into this, I want i have a lot of little things to talk to you about tonight. Before we get into all this stuff, so big announcement it's a tease, it's a tease. You know, we put out these indicators um, under the the name Trigger Charts. You know about that, right? Yep. So these algorithms that we developed over the years—they go on charts for a long time. They were available only on TradeStation. Well, we have a brand new distribution platform. New platforms are available. Trading view is coming shortly. We have uh, E Signal. We have it's on Bloomberg. It's on. Uh, 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 MetaTrader, TradeStation. Anyway, so launch is going to be the first week of September. So watch the Twitter feed for this. Anybody that has any charting, now it used to be only on TradeStation. Now we can put on any chart. And there's a ton of stuff in education and um, chat rooms and all that stuff that, that we partner with this group to push it out on. It's, it's awesome. So kind of cool. I also want to tell you about a Salesforce story. So we use, we use Salesforce. So, you know, credit cards expire, right? Yeah. So I put in the new credit card that I thought I put in. Billing was uh, due on eight fourteen. So that's the fourteenth of August. On eight twenty nine, yesterday, in the afternoon at about oh, one o'clock, I get a threatening email and warning about pulling forward the contract and locking me out and locking our entire office out. You know, the whole plat not the office, the whole platform, the whole Instance of, of Salesforce, right? I look at that. I'm like, it's oh, a weird email. It's just, I don't know. It's not sitting right with me. It doesn't look like an official Salesforce email. But okay, I'll bite. I look at it. I go over to Salesforce because I want to make a call and call my rep. Locked out. <laughs> well, how can you can't call the rep? Because I can't get into Salesforce to find the number.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: So then I'm figuring, let me go into the billing and see what's going on. So I go over to the billing portal. Guess what? Locked out. Locked out, which makes no sense to me, by the way. There should be a different ability to get in your billing portal versus your main stuff. If you want to pay a bill, how do you go through this process, right? Okay. Yeah, so amateur hour. I get this email. I want can I read you this email that I that I that I got? I would love to hear it. It sounds like a, a royal screw up by this company. It says your account with Salesforce has an outstanding balance of X amount of dollars. If this balance is not settled by eight September twenty-two, your account will be placed with a third-party collection agency. (laughs) Like, First of all, I have paid them religiously for like 10 years. Never a glitch, ever, in 10 years, okay? And they
1: take that into account? I guess
0: not. I guess not. If if, If payment is received by Salesforce after this date, payment for the full contract value will be required before your account can be reactivated for any and all of your collection costs incurred by Salesforce, including the fee for placing the account for placing the account, oh, I guess with the with the collections agency, we are obligated to pursue the entire unpaid contract value of any and all agreements between Salesforce and Hardwoods Company. We would like to avoid these measures, however, we feel we have no choice to take but to take these steps. <laughs> Salesforce has no obligation to maintain or provide your data, provide your data after the time specified in your master subscription agreement, and will thereafter delete or destroy all copies of your data in our systems. You may request a data export when the time period is set forth in documentation by logging into a support case. Have you ever?
1: I wouldn't do business with a company like that.
0: How unbelievable was that? I, I, so, I so I finally get a, a phone number and I get a guy and I call and I'm like, what is going And there's no phone number to call this guy. It's just signed, whatever his name is. And I write back. I'm like, what is going on? I call my, nobody understands the reps. They send it up the management tree. Nobody's ever seen such a crazy letter like this, especially because it was technically only two weeks late if I didn't. So in other sure words, it
1: wasn't, they weren't, you weren't being fished.
0: No, because every Salesforce was locked out. Hmm. Oh
1: yeah. I guess. Well, they had really good fishing. It's yeah, really, it's amazing fishing.
0: So uh, nobody in Salesforce has ever seen anything like this. They finally get to the guy. They, they I do a phone payment of the uh, amount I go yeah. after, after this whole thing is resolved, I go over to the billing portal. My credit card looks just fine. So I don't know what is going on. That was terrible. Well, that's
1: weird. Yeah. It sounds like, that doesn't sound good at all.
0: Yeah. So that, that. Is there any alternative to Salesforce? I mean, there's Infusionsoft. There's a variety of different things. There's, there's a good amount. There's Red Tail. I think it is. Is I mean. The problem, though, is, John, once you get in, it's hard to get out.
1: Yeah, it's because of the data. So it's like my using MailChimp.
0: Right. It's just very difficult to get out. Very difficult.
1: All right. Um, Can't you download all your data? Isn't there some sort of a uh, service that will take everything you've given them and then push it into another system? You should be able to do that with blogging very easily.
0: Right. But but the problem is there are so many custom... um, record kinds in Salesforce where you can create all sorts of custom uh, yeah. relationships and related records. So we have, for example, you know, a, a person's record, and we have like these things called Know um, Your Client with has step-by-step workflows that we create. It's, it would be to to undo this. Sounds like a nightmare. Nightmare. Nightmare.
1: You could do it, but it would be a nightmare. I'd you know, start working on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let's talk about some inflation. So everybody's all up in arms with inflation. You've seen recently the cost of gasoline coming down a bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. So gas futures have fallen to the new trend lows. It was today, now printing lowest level in over six months. Down 32% from its high. Mm. Now, California may be jacking the taxes up underneath it. But take a look at this chart. This is uh, over on. Let's see if I can do copy image link, Control V. I think this is the one. Uh, you can see that all of the up from yeah, the, the dates are on the bottom, but that's pretty much June where it would hit the high. There is coming right back down. Now all of that's going right into natural gas. <laughs> that's off the hook, but um, pretty significant. This is a monthly chart. Pretty significant move. From where we saw it at 420 a gallon on average, the gasoline futures down to 240, 250 a gallon on the yeah. it's on the gasoline futures. That is good for the inflation front. That's just one component, but people see that very readily. You know, you see uh, uh the, the cost of, of I mean, look 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 at what it was about a year and a half ago during the COVID thing. It was down by zero.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but. The, Free, free gas. <laughs> pretty much. Never was free, but yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty crazy. So that's something interesting to think about. I mean, you know, we are starting to see a, some of the indications that housing prices are coming down. So the first uh, roll down of uh, the Case Schiller came out today. It was like eight. Well, it was 18.6% increase on a year over year basis versus the 19 expected versus the 20 from last month. So there's a little bit of a change in.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't just call it coming down, but okay. <laughs> yeah, not coming down. But it's, it's not going up as, as badly. Not,
0: that is correct. That is correct. Um, yeah. And then uh, we have, that's interesting. Um, let me just move this here. Then on top of that, you have uh, some of the prices of materials like lumber coming down, housing. Um, Slowdown in terms of sales. Contract uh, cancellations are up significantly. We're seeing chip prices come down. Car prices are not coming down. I have two different friends that told me two different stories from two different dealers. They went in to buy a car and they asked the question, "How much? uh, How how much is there? How much the car? Whatever it was was fifteen thousand over sticker. (laughs) Fifteen thousand over the previous. That's unbelievable. It's a jip. Yeah."
1: You know, Curry sold his car used to, or a dealer actually offered him the exact same price that he paid for it four years ago. Wow. Wow. What'd he do? Bought another car.
0: Oh, he did? But didn't he pay a lot more for it?
1: Turns out that it was a wash. Wow. Hmm. Mark- he didn't pay or lose money. He, just, he has a newer car is all it is.
0: Yeah, I, I have uh, another... Six months of my car. We'll see what happens. So right now my car is, is about uh eighteen to $20,000 premium of what I can sell the car for compared to what I can buy it for off lease. Mm-hmm. So I may look into that. Not a bad deal. Because I have very, I have very low mo- mileage. It's a two and a half years. Ah, that's like good, too. 000. Oh, jump it. Nothing, yeah. All right, so the 50-day moving average, we did hold the 50-day moving average for the Dow Jones Industrial, for the Qs, the NASDAQ 100, for the S&P 500 yesterday, slightly. Then all of a sudden, big a problem. Now, what's interesting, if you look at a chart, the 200-day moving average is above, uh, excuse me, 200-day moving average is above the 50-day moving average. And that's because the... um, we got that crossover on the short term when things started really floating down. Yeah. And the long term trend is still higher. Well, the 200 day is still a massive resistance point and it is rolling down. In other words, it's trending down the the slope of the 200 day moving average. The 50 day started to turn up a little bit, which is a good sign. That's, that's good. But the end of the month, here we are light volumes into the summer, end of summer before labor day, big sell offs going on. Um, I would think that we're going to see probably a rally attempt into the end of the month. Um, We're still, you know, then we set up into September, which is historically not a great month. Then we go into October, which is uh, not historically a great month, but could go either way. And then you get the the end-of-the-year rally, which could set up for a little bit of a take-back of some of these losses if uh, we don't get crazy. September 23rd is the next Fed uh, rate uh, decision. Another point. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to 1%. Right now, it's yeah. 75% chance of a 0.75% increase.
1: Yeah. Well, so. after this Volker speech. Yeah, it was bad. He's telling us, hey, expect a percent at least.
0: Yeah, so he he used a couple of different words in his speech. Did you did you listen to the speech or read the speech at all? I, I
1: read excerpts.
0: So basically, so relatively, it was an eight-minute speech, not very long, but he used the word pain. He said something to the effect of, you know, we know some of these acts that we're going to be taking will result in significant pain, pain, pain. That's not a good thing to say. I wouldn't think. No. And he, and he also brought up Volker. Yeah. Which is telling
1: you that he's not going to be reluctant to go a point or more. Right. For those, Volker was a maniac. He would just, his idea was to just jack it up as high as you could to break the economy because you don't want this long term inflation going on. Yeah. So-, so it's better to be in a <laughs> Volcker's thinking it's better to be in a recession than to just long term have this inflation continue. You can't have mm-hmm. it. That's no good. Right. So that's what he did.
0: So, but 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 bringing up Volcker is not accidental. The, the Fed doesn't do things that are accidental in their speaking.
1: No, I'm sure they have a bunch of people going over every word.
0: Every word. They're probably sitting in the back. Let's practice again. Let's practice again. Let's practice again. <laughs> so, um, like I said, they, they they basically walked back. Now, on Friday, when the speech was going on, the markets were kind of moving along. And at one point, they were a little excited and happy. Uh, it wasn't until after he finished the speech. Now, the speech is usually put out concurrently or a little bit before. He actually goes on so that the market can have information and he goes through his speech and the markets are jostling all around again only about eight eight minutes or so of this this speech and then no questions it was just eight minutes and back to the golf course or something right uh and uh, it's like it was like the ninth hole take a break go back and just you know tee off on the tenth tenth uh, tenth hole so there there's uh all of a sudden this this hiccup like, people are like, wait, 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 wait. We're supposed to drive the markets up when when the Fed speaks. That's what happens. But this looks like a major policy change from what we thought last time. And everybody just got, like, really upset. So, actually, when you look at the markets from Friday, Monday, and Tuesday, do- those three particular days, we've got to be more than 5% down now. Maybe 6 Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. That's a lot in a few days for a market. Well, yep. it happens. It happens. It happens. Things change. Yeah. White House is now prepping uh, for what is going to happen and put a little bit of a lift into the shoes of the market sometime this afternoon, but that all fell apart. They say they think the employment numbers may be soft on Friday or softening. Well, first of all, I don't get it. So, what does that mean? Do you think the White House and the administration or any of their speakers are going to come out with a statement that is different than what reality is on Friday? And why? This is, Trump was really taken to task about this. He talked about a number that we're going to have a really strong number on Friday one time. People went crazy. Oh my God, you know, the president does get advanced. Information. Yeah, I
1: I know they would hound him about this, but this is okay. Yeah, because he's a Democrat.
0: Oh, Democrats are allowed to say stupid things and do stupid things. Yeah. So well, then there you go. Then there's there's proof in the proof in the pudding right there. <laughs> so now markets are thinking, oh, we're gonna have a soft number on Friday. So what does that mean? I mean, ex- expectations are I think they're in the I think they're in the three hundreds. So we're going to get, what, uh, 100? We're going to get layoffs? What are we going to see? We're going to see a negative number? We're going to see the unemployment rate and shoot up to 3.8% or something all of a sudden in one month? And if we do, does that mean that everybody's going to be either happy because they think the Fed is going to have to lay off or they're going to be freaked out that, man, this is a lot worse than we think? You know, I just, just, it's just, it's just crazy to me that there's this going on right now that, um, we have a, a pre-release that is questionable. Tomorrow morning, we'll see the, tomorrow's Wednesday, right? So tomorrow, we're going to see the ADP private payrolls report. On Thursday, we're going to see the initial claims report. And on Friday, we're going to see a whole slew of reports. Uh, the official reports, the unemployment rate, the um, official rate, the non-farm payrolls, the private payrolls, all that will come out on Friday. And on that note, we're seeing all this other layoffs. SNAP is laying off 20% of its staff. So there's that. Everybody was all excited about Snap for a while. Snapchat with their glasses and stuff. And I, I think this begs to question a, a a a comment, a something you've heard so many times. This Nobody teaches finance in schools. You've heard this before, right? Nobody teaches about money. Nobody teaches about investments in schools. They don't even teach how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, nobody teaches you finance, and whether it's in grade school or college or even in graduate work for that matter, unless you are specializing maybe in finance, right? And, yeah. And, and but they used to, didn't they? Way back. No.
1: They didn't ever. (laughs) They taught. I remember in the good old days, they used to teach balancing a checkbook, but forget it beyond that.
0: Right. But there was at least something there. But this is why we get companies these days that think they can run with crap financials without any profitability because they don't know. They never were taught. They come up with an idea and they're all excited about it. And then they just, we're going to, let's do this. And the money is just a secondary. They were never really taught that. Maybe,
1: maybe not. I don't know. I think it's because during the dot-com era that companies could show that they could run at a negative, but with bad numbers and then come through, you know, with good numbers over time. Eyeballs, whatever. I
0: I was going to say, eyeballs was the metric, right? Eyeballs. We have eyeballs. Eyeballs was a
1: metric, Mm -hmm. big big metric.
0: Yeah. Twitter also did that. They changed the metrics on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, just like moving the target.
0: Daily active users to monthly active users to uh, you know daily paid a- this or it was crazy. Let's go back to Jackson Hole for a minute because I had this out of order. But there was a bit of an awakening. Central banks spent decades building their credibility to fight inflation. Right, we know that, and uh, losing this battle right now could shake the foundations of modern monetary policy. Is the commentary from this? newspaper the, the quote is "The longer inflation stays high the greater the risk that the public will lose confidence in our determination and ability to preserve purchasing power which is an ECB member saying this they went on to say even if we enter a recession we have basically little choice but to continue our policy path if there was a if there were a de-anchoring of inflation expectations the effect on the economy would be even worse so there you go uh. Then the ECB at Jacksonville also said um, on Saturday that the case for a large interest rate hike next month remains uncomfortably high in the public, maybe losing trust in the bank's inflation-fighting credentials. Becoming entrenched in expectations are high It's, it's in this environment. Central banks need to act forcibly, forcibly. So we're... Europe, this is what I don't understand, so hopefully you can help me help me with this. Europe has a major problem. Europe has a neighbor that is angry and is doing all sorts of things to upset the um, entire world uh, order in terms of energy prices, food issues, so Russia is being blocked out of all sorts of things. sanctions have not been any new sanctions lately, but a lot of sanctions and all that. I think they've over-sanctioned. Yeah, they are definitely. We're oversaturated with sanctions. So, so Russia fights back with, hey, you know what? That little pipeline that's pumping gas, you know, we got to shut it down for another cleaning. And saying that, you know what? If you start continuing sanctioning us, well, we don't have to take that. We can sanction you by shutting off the the flow of various energy products and 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 uh, to, to to Germany and through um, various parts of Europe, right? So we're in a situation that the the prices of energy are just skyrocketing in in Europe. We we know that we saw that last week. We talked about natural gas prices in Europe are just absurd, and now there's some commentary. That I think in France and in G- I know in France maybe Germany too they're going to start possibly doing rationing where you're mandatory to turn off your lights and to not utilize um, various electricity or other services like you know oil, uh, natural gas during certain parts of the day. Yep. How do you, as a central bank, then go, and say, well, if that's not enough <laughs> to slow down the economy, we're going to raise rates too. How does how that boost your credibility? That's a dilemma. I mean how do they? Get, I don't understand how this how this works because already the prices are high artificially due to a situation out of the control so they're going to slow down the economy even further, but yet they don't have the energy products, so it's not like they're just gonna they're, I, I just don't I, I honestly I don't understand. I, I don't understand how that works is it, is it something I'm missing because it, it's not like you're gonna slow down the economy and then oh slow down the economy means that we're gonna utilize yes less energy in the winter people need to stay warm they're gonna they're gonna take it down because Russia is slowing down the uh the flow again yeah. I don't understand any of this
1: well it's not yours to understand
0: is it yours to, can you help me at all or no we're both gonna sit here no, I'm totally done. baffled I'm
1: out <laughs> <laughs> whatever happens in Europe is it stays in Europe it's,
0: yeah it's just, it's just something it's just yeah uh, it's it's now, now meanwhile meanwhile
1: the, all I know by the way the central bank European Central bank is always screwed up They've always done the wrong up. thing Terrible. always done the wrong thing
0: They're always too easy and have have always um gone so far to fund countries that could never, pay anything back. Isn't that the truth?
1: Yeah, it looks like it to me.
0: Yeah. And and then uh, you have a situation where I think Germany came out today and said that they're much further ahead on filling up their stockpiles, which did drop the price of natural gas today. And oil came down a chunk today as well. Um, But what's interesting is Saudi Arabia and OPEC have been talking. They were really upset last week. We talked about this, you and I, I think. And if we haven't, um, last week the discussion was that, hey, you know, oil prices have come down too much. We need to put a floor on that and we may look to cut production because we want to make sure oil prices stay higher. And then just this week, Saudi Arabia said they could slash October prices for much, much uh, most crude oil it sells to Asia. After a plunge in spot premiums on tepid fuel demand, increasing arbitrage cargoes, put pressure on them. So last week they say, hey, we want prices higher, but you know, I guess if you're uh if you're Asia, you can have it cheaper. Well, I
1: know India's been getting it cheaper from Russia.
0: Right. But we don't sanction India. That's okay. No, no, we can't. China gets uh, oil from Russia, don't they? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Can't Hmm. sanction them either.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't understand. Now... um, All you would
1: shoot yourself in the foot is the reason.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's... There is such a screw fest going on right now, and I think that all of these areas are absolutely without a... Uh, strategy. <laughs> that's all I can say. They have no strategy with it, or or maybe they do have a strategy, but there's no way that they can get themselves out of this mess.
1: No, I think you know. I think you're right. The first time, there's no strategy, but so the idea is you try something, analyze the results, and then try
0: something else. So it's just a uh, just, just uh, don't plan. Just let let's see what happens, and if it doesn't work, we'll do something. Different. Oh, that's interesting. Trial and a trial and error of all of our finances. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's just as good as planning. Yeah. Well, with these guys, it is because they're just morons. I have never seen such a terrible grouping of individuals and why nobody. Well, until something until something falls apart, which it, it seems like it is, I don't think anybody cares. Well, as long as it doesn't hit my pocketbook. I don't care. You know how that goes, right? Nobody yeah, cares about anybody I think else. everybody feels that way. Yeah. Now, in U.S., Energy Secretary has urged domestic oil refiners this month to not further increase exports of fuels like gasoline and diesel uh, at all because the Biden administration administration may need to consider taking further action if the plants do not build inventories. So the problem is that given, as a quote, this quote came from Where is this? Uh, Granholm, who's uh, with the administration. Yeah, Granholm,
1: the know-nothing. She's never been in the business. She doesn't know anything about the the
0: sector. And she says, given the historic level of U.S. refined product exports, I again urge you to focus in the near term on building inventories in the U.S. rather than selling down current stocks and further increasing exports. So, wait a second. We're blowing out a million barrels per day from the strategic reserves and
1: and most of that's getting exported.
0: I, what what is the deal here? What is going I mean seriously, I'm starting to really become not confused, very troubled. <laughs> it's a lack of that that's a uh, this whole everything's like really screwed up.
1: I don't know what to tell you. I think that Granholm is just a, a, is she's a, she is a screw up, and it's really a shame that she is the energy secretary she once has once no again clue about is, anything.
0: This is all I don't want to call it affirmative action, but it was all placing certain genders, race, colors, creeds, and whatever it is in the administration just to get that window quota
1: right. Used to be called window dressing in the day, I guess can't use that term anymore by the way why not have you heard it anyone using it no obviously it's a it's a faux pas
0: I mean I use it for the end of the month end of the quarter window dressing I do say they're painting the tape but why can't you use it otherwise
1: it's just uh, it's it's racist
0: oh huh. uh, interesting in China it's going from bad to worse Chinese technology companies the big ones the real big ones are coming off the back of their worst quarter of growth in history. Again, this is not. Hey, it's the worst quarter since uh, nineteen ninety-nine. No, it's the worst quarter of growth in history. Yeah, the growth is off. Yeah, you know, it's a big slowdown, in the worst in the world. second. This is not again. It's not. We're not talking about Sri Lanka here. We're not talking about Peru. We're talking about the second largest economy in the world, and we're talking about an economy that has a major focus on technology and helping the world with their technology. Their technology giants are coming off the back of the worst quarter of growth in history. So this yeah. is all being blamed on Beijing's strict COVID policy. And <laughs> well, it should be. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's idiotic what they're doing, but that's another story. Retail sales decreased year over year in April and May due to the resurgence of COVID-19 in Shanghai and other major series cities. And China's technology sector continues to contend with a much stricter regulatory environment. Again, we're back to the same thing again, which we just talked about, right? The idea that they're having a bad time with profits and this massive regulation on top of it. It's exactly what we're talking about with the energy complex and with this this administration that they're just not thinking through all the different puzzle pieces and how they interact with each other. They're just pushing stuff and hopefully it works. <laughs> stupid. Yeah.
1: Welcome to the stupid the new
0: Well, that's you know, it's a theory. So the question is, is the worst over? You know? Um, so let's keep reading. That is that is the big question. Yeah, well, let's keep I'm, reading. There's more. I'm thinking no. Uh, no. Authorities in China City of Shenzhen shut the world's largest electronics market in, I don't know how to say it, Howlumbai, and suspended service at 24 subway stations on Monday to bid a curb, uh to bid to to curb an outbreak of COVID-19. Subway service at 24 stations in the central districts in Fulton and Lohau were also halted, according to the official local media. Now, even further, profits at China's industrial firm sank in July, reversing previous gains as fresh, this is this theme here, as fresh COVID-19 curbs drag down demand and squeeze factory margins, while power shortages due to heat waves threaten production. But again, so we have natural phenomena that is clashing with stupidity, causing massive problems with the financial systems. There's only one of those things that you can actually do something about. There's nothing you could do about natural phenomena, right? No, not a thing. Nothing you could do about, well, they could do something maybe different. They sell with. umbrellas. Well, that's that's yeah, sell umbrellas, right. Yes. Or maybe air conditioned or fan shoes or something. Um, but now profits of the Chinese China's industrial firms fell 1.1% in January through July from a year earlier, wiping out the 1% growth logged. During the first six months. And that's uh, information from the National Bureau of Statistics. And, and we visual. can't trust those numbers. Uh, then, then then, your inference there is you can't trust them. Therefore, they're worse than they are. That's my guess. That would be the inference, right? Because it's not better. When
1: you shut down a whole city of, I don't know, 16 million plus, which is a small city in China. Uh, it can't be good for the economy or growth. Can't let people go to work. The whole thing's a disaster.
0: Now explain one thing to me. What the hell happens in the benefit of shutting down a subway station? Theoretically, if somebody's in the area and there's a COVID outbreak, can't they take a cab to another subway station and get on train there?
1: Yeah, I, I guess if the cabs, you know, allow it.
0: It's, it's just strange. It's just strange. It's why would you shut down? A, it doesn't make any sense. And, and and one of the subway stations is closed. It's got to be close to another one that's open, right? Because they're just sequential. I, well,
1: unless they shut down a group of them.
0: No, they shut down 24, but there's got to be the 25th one sitting out there. That's the next one. That's a little bit further. Didn't get shut down. What is it like sitting down during COVID? You don't, you, you could take your mask off because it only COVID only travels at four and a half feet and above.
1: Well, you're asking the wrong guy.
0: Oh, a lot of things I'm asking the wrong guy. Do I need to get to the host? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say the same thing. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, on a lighter note, oh, well, we're back to our baseball card discussion. So a mint condition Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $12.6 million. <laughs> wow.
1: Now that's an investment. Yep. Blasting into you the probably record. We could books. have bought that same card just a few years ago for a million,
0: which is still unbelievable. A million dollars which, is still a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Right? But that's the point. We had a million. I'm not
0: going to write this yeah. bull crap. Yeah. But somebody did. Yep. Uh, now this was a new record and the card eclipse. So I will share with you that in my opinion, this is Beanie baby territory this is this this is the same thing now baseball cards have been around a long time of course but and you want to call them art or whatever it is but it would seem to me that if you had a card at this point of time maybe time to get rid of it if you get a good price. that's what I was telling you to do
1: yeah I gotta look at my cards I'd uh, get rid of mine too if I could find them
0: yeah I'm gonna go look for mine and see what I can get maybe I'll put them into some plastic somethings to make them look like I
1: Yes, them. you need to put him in something so it looks like you know what you're doing. Yeah.
0: So, I actually have a friend who sold his collection for 25,000 recently. Just like three books full. Nice. What do you gonna do with them anyway? They sit on a shelf for years. It's like, yeah, hey, that's like my stamp collection. Yeah, John, if I go over to your house and you invite me over, John, you're going to be like, "Hey, Andrew, you want to see my stamp collection?" <laughs> Is that <laughs> yeah, going to happen? happen? No. <laughs> no, have you ever done that? Yeah, when I was 14. Right, right. Or my coins look at i have all the quarters from all the states they fit yeah, in my the daughter's match. got that she's got that collection <laughs> so um the rare mickey mantle card eclipsed the record just posted a few months ago which was 9.3 million for the jersey worn by diego maradona when he scored this contentious hand of god goal in soccer's 1986 world cup still too much uh, 9.3 $3 million for a jersey. I mean, for one thing,
1: it's only going to end up in a bar. That's where these things go. Or or in a hard rock. In a hard, well, a hard rock, a bar, or a man cave in a frame. And uh, so what? You know, in 10 years from now, you won't remember
0: the guy. I well, even, somebody might in Europe. I don't even up. know who this guy is. Diego Maradona. Ma- Maradona. You know who that is? No. Yeah. The hand of God goal. Goal! Yeah. All right. Uh, now, here's a question for you, which you're not going to know the answer to because you haven't had an answer to anything yet tonight. So I'm going to. No, gonna
1: add- I'm, on a, I'm on a roll. You are. You're
0: doing great. So is, the question is is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? Uh, the Biden administration plans to ask the US Congress to approve an estimated $1.1 billion in arms sales to Taiwan, including 60 anti ship missiles and 100 air to air missiles. Why are we getting yeah. involved in this? To sell arms, <sighs> you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and realize that that's going to piss off the neighbors a little bit, you know.
1: Oh, well, we do it. We do it with the Koreans.
0: Which one with the Koreans? We sell them, them tons Koreans of stuff. stuff. Koreans are fine. I have no problem with that. You it's... know, to be honest about it,
1: I always thought we were always selling stuff to Taiwan. They have jets. Where'd they get them from? They didn't buy them from Russia.
0: I. I suppose, but now we're in a little bit of a tense moment. We have a tension with China that relates to Russia. We have tensions with China that relates to Taiwan. We had Nancy Pelosi going there with her son for whatever God knows what reason that was all about. I don't, I, the whole thing is, is why are we digging this up?
1: Well, let's look at it from a a geopolitical perspective. Maybe Nancy Pelosi went there to stir things up. So, the Taiwanese had to buy stuff from us.
0: Yes. So it's one of those, uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing? I don't
1: think there's any scratching involved here. It was just like, here, we'll take your money.
0: Oh. But, but the yeah, it's just an interesting timing on this is all. And again, maybe it's always the same timing. Maybe it's always suspect. But there is definitely tensions as, you know, Beijing is like, hey, 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 well, hey.
1: Beijing's got other issues, as you reported earlier in the show. Yes.
0: All right, so the housing market, the Housing Partners of America, The sing- this is really interesting. You need to look this up. Housing Partners of America. It's a single-family landlord-owned company, um, a company that's owned by Blackstone. So they announced they're going to stop buying homes in 38 U.S. cities, becoming the latest in- institutional investor to back away from an overheated housing market. Basically, they're... Without you wonder getting-
1: how it got overheated. Yeah,
0: Exactly. I th- This model, from what I can read and when I went through all of it, is identical to a car lease. You go identify a car, you go identify a house, use the, substitute the word house and car. You go identify a, a car, you like the car, you scratch your head and you say, hey, should I buy the car or should I lease the car, right? Okay. You go into the deal and you say, you know what, I want to lease the car. So what it's in your name, it's your technical ownership for that period of time, even though you owe, owe the lease is a rental, if you will, for that period of time. Nobody can get you, throw you out. It's yours. It's yours to use and all your use for that period of time. At the end of the lease period, whatever that is, uh, you have the choice. Do you want to maybe continue on leasing or do you want to buy it out or you say, you know what, I'm done. This is what they have done. So, basically, you buy it, lease it back to you. You can renew it, walk away, whatever. Lease to purchase homes. Wow. And they did like 38,000 of them. And their whole story is, you know, if you can't afford it, you know, you can't put down payments, we'll buy it for you. This is a new version of subprime. This is bad. This is bad. But they're already saying, you know what? We're out. We're not going to be buying anymore because either they feel that it could be priced too high or they're going to lose their shirt.
1: The latter probably comes to mind immediately.
0: (laughs) So uh, this is, again, this is probably not the only company doing this. Doing this lease back. And the problem comes in that now you have all this inventory they sucked up and they'll be stuck with. And the rents that they're going to have to maintain are higher- than market rents if things come down, if things come down, right? And therefore, they're going to have a major impairment and then have to unload the houses, which will then create a cascade effect in certain neighborhoods that maybe they were prominent in.
1: Yeah, and they would take a bath along with everybody else. Right,
0: Everybody gets screwed because of their goddamn greed. That's the way Blackstone operates. Yep. Twitter received another "No, thank you, please cancel my my letter" from Elon Musk <laughs> this weekend. Uh, there was some whistleblower. Now he wants out of this thing, or he wants a much lower price. I assume. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think this is ever going to happen. I, I just can't imagine him buying this thing at this point. He's created such animosity.
1: Well, yeah, this is a tough one to figure out.
0: I think he I mean- was honestly having a manic moment and thinking, once again, childless. So you're
1: suggesting he's bipolar.
0: Yes. No, not. That makes sense. So I'm thinking he's having a manic moment, and he says, <laughs> once again, let's do something funny with 420. He's done this before. He's done this before. He went on Joe Rogan. Everybody always oh, smokes pot. He didn't know how to smoke pot on Joe Rogan. That's not <laughs> how a guy that smokes pot smokes pot. I agree right yeah you know this is the guy that you know with the puckered lips the puckered, the puckered lips it, 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 a little bit afraid of it do and then you don't even inhale I mean come on and then you look like you're high oh dude and you pretend because you <laughs> know it's it, it's up you've seen this before I've seen it a lot yeah yeah it's, it's a joke anyway he goes and he um he thinks it's really funny to talk about pot for some reason it's like you know saying like penis or whatever you Know vagina or some, I don't know, whatever it is, right? It's so cool to say this. I want to be so cool, and uh, which he is, he's the richest guy in the world. I mean, he's cool, he's cool. I'm down with him being cool, he's good, he's, he's great. Cool, he's a cool rocket, some cars, and stuff. He's the coolest guy ever. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. This other stuff is weird though. So now he goes and he has another moment, like he did when he said 420 secured, when he said that he was going to buy out. The company Tesla and Go private which never happened it was on a weekend this is a weekend hey we're buying this out of five 5420 I mean come yeah. on seriously they, yeah. you know it, it, it's like almost like a tell or a yip maybe it's like a yip you know like he's he, it's just it's something weird it's off and then <laughs> you had to re- reel it back. I don't know, his advisor should have like said to him something like, you know, whatever. Well, I don't know
1: what the deal is what's gonna happen. All I know is that during the moment he where he was where the stock was in play, Twitter, when it was in play before he said, I'm out of here, because I think you get too many spam bots, which is his excuse. Uh, during that, I think it was like oh, about a month, I think it was in play. The my my followers went up by thousands and thousands. Really? Yeah. And then when it when he left the deal and he said no 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 it froze again.
0: So you think okay hold on a second. So let me just decipher this. You're thinking that Twitter was pumping pumping the or pumping the bots during the time when he came on so that they can continue showing strength in the overall users thereby trying to keep the deal alive. Is that is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that because I don't know that that's what happened.
1: Oh. But it's a possibility. All I know is my numbers went skyrocketing, got me up to a pretty decent one hundred and two thousand and point six. and 0.6. Uh, once the deal was off, nothing. It's just like dead in the water.
0: That's weird. It's the damnedest
1: thing you've ever seen.
0: Yeah. That doesn't seem like people are going to start following John C. Dvorak because Elon Musk is buying Twitter. I'm sorry. That no, seems doesn't to be doesn't the reason. Doesn't seem,
1: <laughs> doesn't seem right.
0: Maybe they they think, oh, they follow Elon, and maybe you came up as, a, as an alternative. I didn't come up, I no. can assure you. All right. Uh, uh, quick uh, comment on tech, and then we'll talk about the close to the pin. And, of course, uh, get ready for the donation section where you're going to be asked to donate uh, and provide for uh, a couple of shekels to fund the show. But uh, qu- the, the question I had on this was, again, I had a lot of questions tonight. Sea uh, sea change or a one-off Dell technology posted a slowest revenue growth in six quarters just yeah. last week as a surge in the dollar. So that's the excuse they're using there and COVID-19 flares up. Thank God there was no hurricanes because they would use that as well as their excuse. Um, and um, it, 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 it also offset a, a, a jump in enterprise focused business. So the dollar surge this year has eaten into earnings from, you know, companies like Microsoft and Apple, which has been a big problem, but they're, Revenue rose nine percent. Um, it was roughly in line with market expectations. Consumer revenue fell nine percent, so it was continuing on with the weakness that we saw with Intel and Lenovo, as um, you know, this weakness after the pandemic fueled boom that everybody had a Wayfair desk, uh, Restoration Hardware couch, a great computer, an Xbox, and an Xbox and an Oculus headset. Not to mention a smoker from Traeger uh, and, uh, what else? And exercise equipment of all sorts.
1: So, so I don't know yeah, if I knew that I said, <laughs> um, that's my theme for today. <laughs> I'm guessing with the Dell, it's just a one-off.
0: I would think so. Also, I've heard some good things about backlogs in, in a good way, you know, with so much orders, but,
1: um, they're making all this stuff. This stuff's made in China. It's Chinese goods. Yeah. You know, and they know how to handle this. Right. And they haven't been making the little cheap machines like HP has mm-hmm. and these little Chinese boxes, which I have a couple of. Yeah. And they're dynamite, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um They haven't gone that way yet. You know, you know, the $165 computer that's actually decent. Uh, They're going to have to get into that business.
0: I, I used to build our own computers for the office and all that. But these, yeah, Dell, these Dell's are sharp. I got two of them.
1: Well, the, the problem with building computers is they always cost more than a cheap Dell.
0: And and the Dell also has, has enterprise great security all over the place in the, in the systems when you buy the business yeah. versions. So, yeah, no, important.
1: if you're going to build a machine, you're going to take a beating. Uh, you have a nice machine. You'll understand it. It's fun. It's kind of a hobby thing. You can still do it even though it's all just, you know, finding boards and slapping them in. But it's a, uh, it's not a it's not a way to save money. Right.
0: Actually, this computer that I'm on in the studio we built.
1: So it's, like, good.
0: it's it's one of these like heavily insulated um boxes so you don't hear it at all.
1: Yeah, no, the silent machines are the way to go.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to let you know this is the time when we we say, "Hey, you know what? You, you love the show, you spend some time with us each and every week. You're listening, right now you're on a walk, you got your phone, take it out." Go to the DH Unplugged website, dhnplugged.com. Anywhere on the site, there's a yellow button that says Donate. And that is your way of giving back a little bit to us for the, all that we give you. All the love that John and I spread. All the information that John knows nothing about is yours today, for free. Today, only today. Only today, right. On sale it's today. There's a
1: holiday coming
0: up. <laughs> on sale today. Hey, we have a new close to the pin that we're announcing. Yeah. Bed, Bed Bath & Beyond.
1: Yes, your, your favorite.
0: So that. That stock was this is. This is impossible
1: to figure out. You you got kicked off the game for picking I know, it. I know.
0: Just a couple more more days would have been fun, but yeah, a couple of stocks did that recently. It's crazy. All right, let's get to the game as we're talking about it right now. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplug.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment along with the performance information from the date discussed as well as any additional important disclosures. So a lot of stuff looks the same.
1: Uh, yeah, this is not a good time to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we're yeah, we get on yeah. a roll. yeah,
0: no this is not a roll. this is, this is like a English
1: this is just because it's the market that's creating the situation where we should be selling, we should be shorting what we want to buy and we should be buying what we want to short. Yeah. and that happens during periods of of uncertainty and we're in that moment. And I would just say that whatever we pick here this actually classic game because we have no idea the way things are headed. I mean, I should just be shorting stuff left and right. I'm going to go long again. But
0: well, the problem is, no, the problem is, is this r- ridiculous volatility. So what yeah, happens- Yeah, the volatility which
1: flips, flips these things around. I just got kicked off of meta. How does that work?
0: Right. You could have, meta was really good. Then it came, well, meta came up and then came back down. In other words, it was moving hot up to the upside and then just reverse right down. Yeah, so, it's
1: going to sit on was, this so, so
0: if you look at that- if that had a 15% stop, that means you were up about 14% on it.
1: Yeah, until it got kicked, yep. until it went to the down and got kicked me off.
0: Right. Well, you're up at 16%, right? You're No, no, you're up 14%. Yeah, on the negative side. But that's the problem. All of a sudden, you know, these companies are doing really well. We've and, seen
1: this before. Yeah,
0: it is very we difficult. Have
1: watched, we have When we've been in the, the market has done this to us on this show. We've been doing this show for a decade. The market does this every so often it, mm-hmm. it bounces around like crazy and it just screws up the game because we're, we're not in this for the long term. We have a fixed fixed rules about how these stocks are, are handled except for the 15% we're starting to do or the unlimited, um, which is cheating, I think. But that, so we have by to, the way,
0: that stock that was at 2400 is now at a hundred today. We closed out at 181. It was down another 50, 60% from there.
1: Nice. If you were short. You couldn't get it.
0: Um,
1: so what do you got? I got uh, Nerdy Ink.
0: What's the symbol on that?
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, what is the symbol? You might have to look it up.
0: Nerdy Inc.
1: And yeah, Nerdy Inc. Uh, what is the symbol? N-R-D-Y.
0: N-R-D-Y. Nerdy Inc. I, yeah. I, 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 could you tell me what they do? Because I'm fascinated.
1: This is an insider's pick because the CEO and executive top dog guy bought like $13 million. Would have been a couple bucks. Wow. Uh, it's a penny stock. Uh, they do uh, educational uh, classroom software. Oh. And I think they put in whole systems. Right. And under... Tutors, they got some fancy name. If you heard the name of the product, you never think it came from a company called Nerdy Inc. It's dumb, but uh <laughs> but there they are, and they're on the New York Stock Exchange. So I don't even know how they stay on there with their numbers the way they are, but okay.
0: I wasn't gonna put anything on there, but I'm gonna put something on here. So it's eight, uh no, it's nine one, right? No, eight thirty-one. Tomorrow's eight thirty-one. Um, let me just get this updated. Eight slash thirty one twenty. So I'm gonna put something on here. That um, on a long side, which is a stock that I like. It's really interesting. It does CRISPR. If you follow CRISPR.
1: Oh, yeah. I was, you know, I've looked at that stock. Well, there's I a couple of I was thinking of them. putting this, that in. This one, well, I, I like doing a CRSPR yeah, or whatever yep, it is.
0: CRSB. That one, There's edit. Yeah, CRSP. There's edit. I'm going to do beam therapeutics, which was is, is, is within the genre of CRISPR technology. But this is a base editing. This is hardcore down to the base of the genetic code editing that these guys do. So it's even deeper than um, some of the edit editas, uh, invite and CRISPR. So um, uh-huh. I'm going to put that in there. They were down a little bit today, down only about one percent today. So I'll put that in there. I'll put a CRISPR uh, beam B E A M. But I, I encourage people to, if nothing else, go look at what they do. It's it's pretty fascinating stuff. The scissoring of the genetic uh, um, you know DNA and, and various genetic code to we're all doomed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, we're going to sign off because we're running a little bit late. Okay. I will see you again uh, next Tuesday after I get back from New Orleans. Uh, have fun in New Orleans. Thank you. The FSU-LSU game is, is coming Sunday, so it's going to be fun. I'll see you next week. All right, adios. All right, bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon.
1: Bye-bye. Now I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pocket, there's a debt. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint I feel like a men. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can
0: give me the icy stack because I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.